Oh, whoa, good boy, good boy. Good boy. Ah, Buckles Brannigan. Good boy. We're just walking through our beloved town of South Fork. Doing my nightly horse walk down our longish main street. Going past the sheriff's office. I can see them playing checkers in there. I don't know who the other checker player is. But I know one of them is Sheriff Wyatt, our own, South Fork's own, top-notch sheriff, who doesn't necessarily do everything by the book. He knows when to use the book and when to not use the book. And isn't that all we can expect in life? Using the book when we need to. And not using the book when we don't need to. That's what we got. That's what we got in life. We can take those two paths and use them in tandem. And my horse is doing a good job. We're walking through here. Now we're coming up to the uh, saloon. It's kind of quiet on the streets tonight. And uh, coming up to the sort of the landing area where everybody sort of congregates but it's quiet and there's no one really out tonight um we don't have a lot of super activity but we get some pretty busy nights when the saloon gets going when the hotel gets a lot of activity we get a lot of transients coming through town some of them less desirable than others and uh you know, pretty much that's about it, you know. Uh, I'm just going to stop here because I just want to just make one mention before we proceed that um, I'm coming to you live from, as I said earlier, South Fork, and we're right on the main street, which has no name, but it's got a lot of places of interest, and I'm going to proceed to walk now. We're going to go over to the back my horse Intrepid is doing a great job. And we're going to just take another look at the livery stable. We'll go by the livery stable. And livery stable, I should say. And uh, we got some great horses in there. They're kind of quiet again tonight. Not a lot of things going on. I don't see a lot of horses out in the road. Or the streets here. Um, could be seeing different things. Uh, people always coming in off the trail. Always got something coming off the trail in South Fork. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, they cast of characters, just like those that come in by stage, by, by, the, by the stagecoach. Uh, we got a couple, couple stagecoaches a week that land in here. Um, on the average of about one a day. We got about one stagecoach a day. We're a one stagecoach a day town right now. Um, would we like to see more of that stage activity? Uh, a little bit higher echelon of clientele than, than that come through on horseback or on, or on, uh, uh, you know, your buckboard wagon, you know, whatever ways these people, the Conestoga wagon, they're hard working and hard scrabbling, probably going to be a sod buster family. 
you make that judgment. Uh, your horseback, lone horseback, transient. Uh, he's going to be. He's going to tend to be a uh, either a cowpoke, just a just a kind of a lonesome cowpoke that's just going about his life and wants a good drink at night. Wants to have a little bit of revelry with his cowpoke friends that join him on their separate horsebacks, and they meet in town. You know. Then there's the lone gunslinger. He's alone on his horse too, but he might have a partner or two in crime. You know, he might have his lackeys with him. And his lackeys will uh, always support him. Uh, they might have a little bit of cuss and talk back. There's a little bit of that wise cuss talk back. Keep the kids away from the saloon. That's for sure. After 7 o'clock especially, things start getting, always start kind of heat, getting heated up. Although uh, they run a pretty good operation there at Johnson's Saloon. Burtz keeps things in order. He's the man behind the bar. The one you tell you all your problems to. The one that might even have a drink with you here or there. Maybe, possibly. Not too often, though. He's a sober operator in the saloon. He's your bartender. And your piano player is there, too, in the ante room. But right now, we're walking around. We're coming back full loop. We're coming around. We're going to head towards the beautiful church here on our hard, hard walk road. And you get the idea of what we're all about here in South Fork. And I just made almost a complete loop of our fair town in just this short. I could have gone out a little further out in the radius, taken in a couple other points of interest, but I decided to keep it kind of intimate to our so-called downtown area of North Fork, which of course includes the saloon. The, the saddlery, the, the blacksmith, the gunsmith, the dress shop, the doctor's office, the uh, livery station, livery stables, the, the, uh, the uh, marshal's office. We got it all here. Full, full compliment. So enjoy, and I thank you. And we're stopping here, right here in front, back where we landed, where we came in front of uh, one of our places, which I believe we started right around here and uh, then we went over to the saloon yeah that's the order we went so thanks for joining me on this little trip around south fork there's three elements to life pretty much distilled pretty much all-encompassing and it's three l's learning Living, loving. Or should I say, living, learning, and loving. First we live, we, we exist. We, we are part of the world, part of the reality. Uh, we um, listen as the Harley Davidson starts up. For my neighbor, leaving for work. Heading down Hunts Avenue, uh, we uh, we love and we learn, or we learn and we love. We learn every day, don't we? Whether we're uh, you know reading a book or uh, observing nature, <laughs> looking out our window in the backyard, 
seeing the squirrels scurry about. Um, and we learn, we learn, we learn about things. We learn, we learn about cooperation, isn't it? Isn't it important? Cooperation is really important. We have to cooperate with each other. There's, it's a complicated word out, world out there, and we have to, you know, navigate it best we can. Uh, good spirit, a little bit of, maybe a little bit of uh, introspection, a little bit of cynicism. Uh, the world's not perfect. We have to realize that nature is not perfect. Uh, and there's a tie-in. There's a real relationship there. So living, loving, and learning. And this three-minute segment is dedicated to those three L words. I don't see any other aspect of life outside of living, loving, and learning. Um... Maybe through our love we express ourselves. That's, that's the, you know, we learn and then we want to relate that knowledge and that knowledge about love and, and lasting relationships uh, with people. We try to forge relationships that, that have some sustainability to, the, to it. We try to look for, um, those are the motorcycles going by this morning. Um, uh, Dean and Chris leaving for work um, on their hollies. Um, and so I want to thank you for just listening to this segment and, uh, stay tuned for more segments on, on this episode of Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories. I like going to factory outlets, you know, and there's one in our area. Um, outside of Pawtucket. It's in Rentham, Mass. It's the Rentham uh, factory outlet. And um, it features, oh, over 100 stores. Uh, and in that complex or near it is the um, Cracker Barrel restaurant. And my sister-in-law and I went to the factory outlet to do some shopping the other day. And we decided to just have a sort of a brunch uh, before we set out on our shopping spree, uh, so to speak. And um, I had never been to the Cracker Barrel. And it's, uh, it's kind of kitschy, cute, um, semi-tacky, um, you know, sort of commercial, but uh, kind of cool when you go in. It's large-ish restaurant. The restaurant... And the, and the Rentham location is off to the left, and to the right is, uh, when you first come in to the main entrance, is the store. And it's got uh, everything from kids' toys to knickknacks um, and uh, collectibles and, uh, you know, sort of uh, the corporate run-of-the-mill, that country kitsch look, sort of that uh, semi-tacky uh, manufactured country uh, kind of uh, items, and you can do your shopping. Uh, you put your, when you first go in, my recommendation is to put your name at the reservation for a seat because it's usually pretty crowded. 
uh, usually with older crowd, uh, but I saw a lot of young people the other day. Uh, and uh, so the Cracker Barrel is one of those restaurants that's uh, corporate. Um, you know, they're mass-produced uh, restaurants. Um, and, uh, and I have to say the food's pretty good. The food is pretty excellent. We shopped for about 10, 15 minutes, and then our name was called. Actually, our name wasn't called. We went up to the desk because we were inquiring if we may have missed our uh, page. Uh, and uh, he came in, uh, the uh, attendant at the reservation desk uh, was coming in from doing some uh, table cleanup duty. I guess they, they wear many hats there at Cracker Barrel. And uh, just as we were coming up, he was coming in to just call our name. And uh, I think it was... It was he that uh, seated us, pretty sure. And um, no, it was a young lady, and she was very nice. And we grabbed a, a good table, good location. And I ordered, I ordered uh, uh, bacon and eggs, because uh, it's brunch, mind you. Uh, and uh, I also ordered uh, the sweet apples. I think they call them sweet apples. Uh, they come in a small bowl. Uh, sugared apples, they're very good. Uh, it's good to have a little sweet with your savory. Um, and then I ordered the grits. I ordered the grits, which I was a little disappointed with, but uh, my sister-in-law reminded me you need to put jam on it or some kind of sweetener to uh, bring out the flavor. And I didn't do that. Uh, I just had them as grits. Uh, also a wonderful kind of a uh, potato creamery, creamery cock concoction in, in a similar size bowl, uh, served on the same plate as the grits, uh, was very, very good, had a nice savory taste to it, salty but not salty, if you know what I mean, um, and uh, left the table, uh, left the tip, you know, left the table with a satisfying, uh, sort of a satisfying brunch, it was very good, and it fueled us up for our next venture, which was to go across the way to the shops, and the first store we stopped at was The Gap. Uh, what I don't like doing is, I'm not a big fan of shopping, first of all, uh, unless it's for electronic items, uh, unless it's uh, sort of hardware store. I, I, I find myself a kid in a candy store when I go into hardware stores or home centers. Um, this is a clothing store, it's semi-tedious. You know, to try on the, the clothes and, you know, have to go through all the whole selection. I, I just find it laborious. Uh, but with my sister-in-law, uh, a little bit more entertaining, a little bit, a little bit more, um, you know, she also is not a big shopper. Uh, turns out her husband, my brother Pierre, is not a big shopper either. They don't, neither of them really like to shop for extended periods. Uh, I can handle about an hour of it and then it's I'm done and that's about as long as we did um, and uh, you know imagine my surprise going into the Gap factory outlet and finding uh, the price of khakis that I did a beeline for because I needed a couple pair of khakis in different uh, colors uh, found the classic khaki color one there and I pulled it out actually no it was the joggers the joggers the the uh, uh, the, the uh, Long, long pants that uh, you can wear as casual or athletic. And um, that's my, my uh, United States 
Council of Catholic Bishops uh, a little reminder that comes at the top of my phone. It rings its bells. Nice, nice, satisfying church bell sound to remind me to do my readings, um, which I'm trying to get better at, to try to be a little bit better Catholic. But getting back to shopping, um, the the store uh, is very cleanly laid out, the Gap, as they always have been. I always like shopping in the Gap if I was to shop at any, any clothing place. I did the beeline for the joggers because I wanted a casual pair, and I knew I needed to get the khakis also. But first I went to the guard... Uh, I'm sorry, the, the joggers, um, and uh, they were over by the window uh, to the left the corner of the store, and I saw the price, and I said, whoa, 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 $79.95, that can't be right, uh, until my sister-in-law reminded me, uh, a smaller sign posted above everything, that everything was 50% off, so then then things became much better, clearly sharper into focus as to what our intent was and to buy, which was to go out that day and buy clothes and save some money at the same time. So I grabbed that pair and I said, I can handle the 40. You know, after all, $40, it's just two $20 bills, right? And how fast do you go through a 20? You go through a 20 these days without even thinking. You know, I, I buy cigarettes, um, I actually use my food card for it. But at one time I was paying cash uh, at the convenience store and I couldn't believe how the prices just keep creeping up on cigarettes. Uh, it's a lousy habit, I know. And um, I haven't really made any real attempts to cut down. I'm about a pack a day smoker, uh, plus maybe a couple. Uh, doesn't quite do the even cycle on a daily point of view. I end up going into my second pack uh, before my day cycle uh, has expended. So I'm trying to cut, I guess I should try to cut down. I'm not trying to cut down, but I should. Um, but $20 really doesn't go that far these days, as you know. Um, and so the fact of spending 40 for two $20 bills on a pair of clothing that's going to probably last me a couple of years, really, uh, you know, with proper washing, <laughs> and maintenance, uh, you can make things last. And I've got clothes that are probably 10 years old. I got some shirts that are, you know, older than some school-age children uh, that I still wear and that still actually look good. Um, I use Tide. <laughs> and uh, so uh, use a good quality laundry detergent, by the way. Don't try to save on laundry detergent. Um, get the brands that, uh, that are time-tested for good, effective cleaning, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and uh, that, that would be Tide. I like the Tide. Um, and so we had a good day. After that, we went to, I think it was, uh, what was our next store? Uh, well, I know we went to Brooks Brothers, um, and uh, they were having a clearance store-wide. But, of course, you know, you're starting at hundreds of dollars. Um, I picked up a pair of shoes. It was two hundred and seventy-nine dollars, uh, even with the with the discount, which was probably only about twenty percent. I didn't even bother to check what the discount was because I knew it wasn't it wasn't the fifty percent. If it had been fifty, I probably would have bought the pair, top quality shoes. Uh, and uh, we cleared out of the store because it just it was just way way out of our range. 
but it was good to check out. It's a beautifully laid out store. Um, we walked down the way. Uh, the walkway there has more shops inside the complex, and one of those is uh, Favorite Shoe Company. And I like this place. We went in, and all the shoes are on the top, all displayed uh, out of the box in each pair down the line. Uh, you can clearly see what shoes are underneath in boxes. Um, and um, I went right for the dress shoes and found a pair uh, for $79.95 on sale. And I, I said, this is a good quality pair. It's floor shine. Uh, they were in a in kind of a reddish uh, reddish leather, not reddish, but brown leather, but light brown, um, and uh, really good looking pair. Uh, wore them the other day. They were so comfortable, um, and uh, we did good. We did good. So about an hour later, we're ready to go, and I had uh, I had all my bags. The other store I forgot was Nautica. Which, uh, which I went to after the Gap with Janet. And um, we, in each of these stores, we found uh, things we wanted and bought. Uh, Janet didn't get any shoes at the favorite shoe company. But uh, at Nautica, I bought, um, I think it was the pet khakis that I bought at Nautica. Um, and I also got some long-sleeved T-shirts. I think they're very versatile. It's a versatile shirt. It's comfortable, covers your arms. There's a warmth factor involved. Um, when I go to bed, I wear the shirt, uh, wear the the the, uh, the Henley, or you know, I wear a, a long sleeve now. But with a short sleeve, my short sleeve would bunch up uh, on the pillow, and I'd always have to pull it down. Now I don't have to really worry about that. It just I just fall into bed and, and go right to sleep. There's not a lot of adjustment as you would with a short sleeve shirt. Is this important to you? I don't know, maybe not. Uh, but uh, it was fun, my fun fun day. We had a really good day. We had a good day of shopping at the Gap, at Nordica, uh, checking out Brooks Brothers uh, for all it's worth and, um, and Favorite Shoe Company. Just got back from the hospital from uh, just a procedure done, colonoscopy. I hadn't had one in 11 years. I had my last one when my gallbladder was out back in 2010. And Dr. Caranth, and he did an awesome job. He found seven polyps back then. Uh, this time around, though, just two. And they were very small when he showed me pictures coming out of the procedure. Um... So, uh, Sturdy is a great hospital. It's in Attleboro, Mass, Massachusetts. It's um, not too far from Pawtucket, so it was a relatively convenient ride. Of course, the, the, prep, the prep on a colonoscopy is worse than the procedure itself, as you all know. Uh, it uh, involves Miralax, uh, Docalax, need I say more? It involves Gatorade and low-fat chicken broth for, for eating. That's the only diet you can be on uh, the day before. So my procedure was today, Friday the 19th of March, 2010, 2021. And um, 
I uh, started the prepping for this on Thursday uh, with, um, let me see what happened on Thursday. Uh, Thursday, I took uh, the Docalax in the morning, and that took effect after a couple hours. Let me, I don't need to go into detail with that. Um, three hours later, um, I took my Gatorade solution, which is, um, in case you're wondering how to do that, you take, uh, you get your containers of Gatorade, you're going to need more than one because it, uh, you need a gallon of this uh, that you're going to drink over the over the two-day period for prep. Um, so Thursday, I had to drink half the solution. This, this is the standard procedure. Um, my cat's on me. She just climbed up on me. She's looking at me as I'm talking. My sweet Lulu, Kane's uh, sunbasking in the office uh, where I have good available light coming in. He takes advantage of it. That's one of his favorite things to do is just lie in the sun. She does too. She's actually my radiator girl. She hangs by the radiator. She just got off me. She's probably going to go lie down on the ottoman. Um, that's a cute little cat pad for her, the ottoman. She fits her nicely. It's an extension off my sectional sofa, actually, is what it is. It's really not an ottoman. But I guess you could call it an ottoman. It's attached. Um, not to get off subject. Uh, so the procedure, uh, before the procedure, is the is the hairy one. But it went pretty well. Uh, I had a mild headache going into the hospital this morning uh, before my procedure. And... Uh, uh, Robin, who uh, who was my nurse coming in, explained to me that's perfectly normal. That's because you just uh, you you didn't have any coffee in the morning. Pretty much, that's pretty much it. Uh, I couldn't drink coffee this morning. Uh, I couldn't do couldn't eat anything this morning before the procedure. I had to drink the rest of the the half the second half of my solution, 32 ounces of Gatorade with the Miralax. Uh, drinking eight gla- eight ounce glasses of water every 15 minutes, we paced it out pretty well. It's actually not a bad system. It's a Maisie Hospital, uh, sturdy, in Attleboro. Um, we uh, had trouble finding where the endoscopy center is, where my procedure was to take place, in the day surgery section of the hospital. It took us uh, a while. We uh, weren't, you know, when you when you listen for directions from someone, sometimes you're not paying fully attention, especially in the later half of the directions. You get the first the first jaunt correct, like going down the corridor and taking a left or a right, you know, that part's no problem. But everything after that's just a blur. Uh, So we had to ask for directions as we went. And it took us about three or four minutes to find the place. So, you know, it was a a little bit, it's a mazy hospital. That's all I can say. It's uh, just full of labyrinths and corridors and elevators. Um, So, uh, but uh, I made it, and um, the thing I probably was most impressed outside of Dr. Caranth's uh, 
work itself. He's he's a true artiste uh, in the colon world. Um, he's he's an excellent doctor. I'd recommend him to anyone. I don't. He's not taking patients probably, and he probably he doesn't know I'm I'm recommending him, uh, which I don't know if I'm supposed to do. But uh, it's K A R A N T H. And uh, he's got a, uh, a, a sort of a, a Near East name that I can't really pronounce. Uh, begins with an N. Ninth, Ninth, Ninth. Uh, he told me how to pronounce it 10, 11 years ago when he did my procedure back then. And I forgot um, how it's actually pronounced. But the important name on that is Corinth, if you uh, want to take notes. Anyway, um, but the most, the thing I was most impressed with outside of Doctor himself and and his his work, uh, was the speed of the uh, the procedure, and the anesthesiologist Keith, uh, he put me under. Uh, I woke up in my other room. They transported me to the procedure room, uh, from my dressing room, and it's just off. It's sort of like an emergency room where you have cubicle uh, section sectioned off rooms lining the walls, and this had many rooms. They brought me in to sort of the end room there, um, and it, uh, it, it basically, uh, I was back in, in my dressing room without even realizing the procedure. It didn't even feel like the procedure had happened. It felt like I had taken a nice little nap, like I do in the afternoons on my couch. It felt exactly the same way, but it's... Uh, it's an anesthesia that they give you. It's a general anesthesia they give you intravenously, and it's very fast-acting. Uh, the procedure itself, I was told, lasted only 20 minutes. He got in there and explored, checked everything out, um, showed me pictures later on. Uh, when I was back in my dressing room, he came in about a half an hour later to go over everything with me. Very quick, very quick meeting, literally uh, less than a minute. Uh, just he didn't really have much to say. It was all... It was all, everything looked really good. He was very, very, seemed very pleased with everything. Uh, he said, there's, don't, any, don't worry about anything as far as follow-up on this. He took out the polyps and they're going to they're gonna do the uh, pathology on them. And he thinks that the worst that it'll be would be a precancerous thing, but he doesn't think that that's the case. Um, I guess he can tell by sight. Um Everything else looked clear in my colon from the, the small pictures that were about 12 on a sheet, and uh, he showed me them. And um, I could see the polyps that he had removed from the last procedure. They had healed over. And uh, all I can say is it's an orangey pink. Your colon is very, very nice color inside. It's, it's an orangey pink, um, at least the way these were photographed, has that look to them. And it looks really healthy. I was really happy to see uh, a healthy insides. Um, so it was all good. It was all good. It was a. It was a very actually not bad. The waiting is the only problem. You know, you wait about an hour before the procedure. You wait about a half an hour to forty-five minutes for my ride to pick me up. They don't want you ride, driving because they give you sort of a uh, thing that makes you groggy. Uh, but I didn't really feel groggy. I felt actually pretty awake, and I'm recording this um, just about an hour and a half after my procedure. Um, 
early afternoon here in Pawtucket. I'm back home. Uh, all that was on my mind, even before the procedure, was having my morning cup of coffee, which was delayed several hours, because as you know, if you listen to these podcasts, you know I'm an early riser. I get up between 5 and 6 a.m. in the morning to make my coffee. Lately, it's been uh, 6 to 6.30. I like it when I sleep till 6.30. I get up at a few times during the night, as you know, um, uh, if you've been paying attention to these programs. I've done a few programs on my sleeping problems, and it's basically interrupted sleep where I get up uh, three to four, sometimes five times a night, um, have a smoke, and then uh, pretty much maybe a yogurt. Last night I couldn't have anything, of course. Um, I had a cigarette. I went back to bed, and I woke up for five o'clock to take the second half of my solution. Um, took it at five o'clock, uh, drank an eight ounce glass, then another eight ounce glass at 5.15, and so on, uh, till I was done the 32 ounces, which is equivalent, well, it actually was four glasses that I had. Um, good feeling when I'm done everything. I basically just had to wait for my, my good friend Gary uh, across the way, uh, who gave me a ride in and picked me up, by the way. They call, the hospital calls uh, my driver. Uh, I write the name and phone number down on the admission sheet so that they have, um, they know who to call because uh, they do not want you doing anything. But like I said, I could have driven home myself. Uh, I was fine. I didn't notice any difference. I didn't feel groggy. I didn't feel dizzy, tired, anything like that. So on a scale of, um, of 1 to 10, I'm going to say everything went 9.9. It went 9.9. Um, just the, just the ap- a slight apprehension on my part uh, to, to the procedure. Uh, I was a little nervous. Uh, you know, I was nervous and apprehensive as to how it would turn out. Uh, I was sort of not really, I guess I wasn't bracing myself for any kind of, um, uh, kind of serious news as far as my colon. So, uh, but I was a little, just a little apprehensive and just fear of the unknown. That's just a fear factor that, that plays into our everyday lives, doesn't it? Uh, we, we don't know the future. Uh, we don't know how it's going to pan out in what fashion. Um, and uh, so I'm going to take a, a one point off that 99 to bring it down to 99 means that I was just the procedure itself a hundred percent perfect and uh, the anesthesiologist the anesthesia the people the people at, at uh, Sturdy Memorial Hospital the nurses the staff the anesthesiologist Keith just awesome awesome all around they, they, they're great folks uh, it was it was a pleasurable it actually it was actually a pleasurable experience and like I said I, I napped I napped and woke up immediately it seemed uh, it was a short procedure, like I said, 20 minutes. I was back in my room, uh, and uh, I had to wait about a half an hour. They gave me crackers and uh, ginger ale. I asked for that. They gave me a choice of what to have. I, I had that, and I twiddled my thumbs just for a little bit, watching the, the, watching the uh, nurses walk by, the doctors uh, going back in the corridor just for something to look at. Uh, looked around my room, you know, looked at the equipment, 
all the fancy gadgets, that kind of thing. And uh, about a half an hour later, a uh, doctor came in to, to go over, like I explained earlier, a uh, very short meeting with him. And then um, and before that, though, I got dressed. So it was good putting my clothes back on. I knew everything was done. Um, and, um, you know, they have, to take, they have to take down everything you have just because, you know, my, 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 uh, my wallet, uh, they want to know uh, the, not only how much you have in your wallet, but what denominations. They also need to know, uh, you know, any jewelry, which I didn't have on, I uh, didn't bring with me just to make things simpler. Uh, my cell phone, that was written down. Everything that I had with me, my, my house key, um, and, uh, and uh, my clothes. They had to list the clothes. So they have to do that. Then it's put into a, a locker in my dressing room, um, the, pre-procedure, the pre-procedure room. Um, and uh, and it, uh, everything was there when I got back. So I got to say, I'm really, really happy with not only the procedure, I'm happy with my colon. And um, I'd recommend that uh, you get your colonoscopy if you haven't had one done. If you're over 50, actually if you're over 40 is when they recommend it. So if you're over 40 and you haven't had it, had it out of fear, fear not. It's, uh, like I said, the worst part about it is the prep, is the, is the uh, going to the toilet, um, every half hour, um, it's actually, that's actually not that bad. My prep, my prep really wasn't that bad. You know, a little bit of hunger pangs, not that bad, actually. The, uh, one thing that I was impressed with also was chicken broth, how it holds you, and especially low fat. I, I couldn't believe, uh, and it actually was flavorful broth. It was like a nice soup, uh, broth soup, uh, for my, uh, lunch and, and, and dinner, uh, I almost, I didn't have enough almost for dinner. I didn't really save enough in the carton um, uh, of the low-fat chicken broth to have a proper dinner. It filled only about a third of the way up on my bowl. Uh, I had had too, I had taken too much in at the beginning, uh, the beginning lunch and uh, mid-afternoon kind of uh, eating of the, of this, of the broth uh, that I used up most of it, and but luckily I had enough to make it for a relatively satisfying supper. Uh, it's actually comical, uh, satisfying supper with chicken broth, but it's true. Um, I'd like to have fatty chicken broth, but I could add, I had to have low fat. Didn't care about, they didn't really care about the sodium. You're okay with that. So um, I, I got low sodium. Actually, I was surprised that it was low sodium. The, the chicken broth really tasted pretty good. Um, I drank some water, but not a lot of water. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted the Miralax, uh, later in the day to work, work better for me, uh, which it did. And so I think it's, uh, it's a matter of, uh, taking your Docolax, uh, about a, an hour or two later, you go to the bathroom initially and, um, you, you then, you can then, uh, three hours later, take the solution with the Gatorade and the Miralax uh, mixed in there good. And um, 
and then you make continued trips to the bathroom. Um, I'd say a total of eight, eight or nine, ten trips that I made uh, over the over uh, uh, between Thursday and today. Uh, the procedure begins on the day before. So uh, outside of the trips to the bathroom, having to get up and go do that, um, everything's pretty easy. Everything's pretty easy. So I recommend, again, go and get your colon checked. It's important for your health. Uh, it'll be a very, very pleasant, almost pleasant experience, really. And uh, everybody's great. I'm sure at your area hospital, you've got great staff that uh, people, people and uh, people, persons, and um, they'll make it as pain-free and effortless as they possibly can for you. And they'll treat you like royalty pretty much for the most part. My doctor, again, I can't say enough uh, how professional and how uh, trouble-free the whole procedure was. And he's easy to talk to, too. So get your colon checked. It's important. If you have no history, you may be able to do one of those box things uh, where you send send your sample back in the mail. Uh, but uh, for a lot of us, you're probably going to need to get the procedure. They recommend it every five years. I waited 11. Uh, I'm going to try to be on top of it more. He wants me to come back in three or four years for another procedure. And that's very wise. So the colonoscopy, very important. And get it done today. Well... You know what I mean. Get it done at your earliest convenience. And just be ready for that prep work. That's the only part. And even that's not that bad. It was actually pretty good. Welcome everyone in North America to the first day of spring. Saturday, March 20th, 2021. I always thought it was the 22nd, you know, um, March 22nd. Uh, but this year, at least, it's uh, March 20th, today. Uh, that's my uh, USCCB, United States Council on Catholic Bishops, uh, little alert, letting me know that it's um, uploaded a... Um, a new email, easy read email of the readings of the day. Today the today in Lent, we're still in Lent in the Catholic faith. I'm trying to get back to going to church. I've been going for the last couple, few weeks, um, on Sunday, of course. Uh, and um, St. Cecilia's here in Pawtucket. It's uh, St. John Paul II Parish. About 10 years ago, it merged with St. Leo's uh, just across Newport Avenue. Uh, the Irish, <laughs> the traditionally Irish church, and of course St. Cecilia's, um, well, you probably didn't know this, but St. Cecilia's is French-Canadian parish. Um, my, my parents' parish and my parents' parents' parish. Oh, my father's, on my father's side. On my mom's side, uh, in Central Falls, where she was born and raised, um, it was she went to St. Matthew's 
which I believe is Woodlawn Regional now, but I might be wrong about that. Uh, not Woodlawn, it's in Central Falls. Woodlawn is a section of Pawtucket. I did some podcasts, um, a couple of them at least, on um, growing up in Woodlawn. Also talked about St. John the Baptist Church, which is the church in Woodlawn, one of the churches. Um, you know, in Rhode Island, it's all about Catholic. We're, we're, we're Catholics, and, and, you know, we're in a less, we're in a more secular society, but the Catholic, the Catholic faith clings on to its believers. Um, I, um, I didn't, I didn't forego my Catholic faith at all, but I did, did stop going to church for years, uh, and so it was good getting back um, into this uh, glorious church of St. Cecilia's, uh, a, a robust Romanesque structure with a very uh, unique or mission style, looks, looks to me like a mission style, but it's Romanesque actually, I should say Romanesque bell tower, of course, it matches with the rest of the structure. Um, St. John the Baptist is, is, is an Italian I guess I would call it Italian Renaissance style, neo neo Italian uh, church, and uh, it is a larger church than Saint Cecilia's. Although Saint Cecilia's is quite large, um, and so, uh, but the first day of spring is what I'm talking about today. No real flowers out there yet, as you know. Um, your gardens aren't quite there yet. Um, maybe spring should be delayed until the flowers first emerge, but uh, that's the way the divine plan works. Uh, you know, the first day of spring in March and the first day of winter in November, I believe. Um, the seasons, they're really important to us. They add variety to the spice of life. They make things a little less monotonous. Uh, they make things a little more delineated for, for our existence. Um, and they give us uh, sort of, uh, sort of, a, a, sort of a, a glimpse into each, each of the sections of each season, so, or I should say seasons. And, um, and that's what I, all I wanted to talk about. I'm kind of reveling in the fact that today is the first day of spring. I just discovered it on my phone. Um, uh, sent some texts back and forth to my brother and sisters uh, today uh, regarding how I made out with my colonoscopy, which was on the segment just before this one. Um, and uh, in the event, in the in the effort to, in the effort uh, to uh, make these segments. A little bit more shorter and palatable. I'm keeping these in the five-minute range, and uh, so we'll catch you on the B side. Um, and have a wonderful, wonderful spring day. And may all your springs bring you something unique, something notable, and something glorious in each and every one of your lives. Thank you.